Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Ephesians chapter 1. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, thank you that we get to read this chapter to help us understand how amazing you are. Truly you are great. Your plans are great. You planned our salvation which is completely amazing that you would set us apart for yourself, that you would send Jesus to die for us, to take away our sins by his blood. That's not something we would have come up with. That is a great plan from a great God. We wouldn't know it unless you revealed it to us. Because your ways are so much higher than our ways. That the death of Jesus would bring us into unity with you, into fellowship with you. And also into fellowship with many other people who are very different from us. Yet, we are all unified because of what you have done. And your plans are so much greater than what we've seen so far. We have some idea of what is to come, but just the small revelation you've given to us because we can't even understand it. Truly, you are amazing. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, having predestined us to adoption through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace that he bestowed on us in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, that he caused to abound to us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in him, for the administration of the fullness of times, to bring together all things in Christ, the things in the heavens and the things on the earth, in him, in whom we also were chosen, having been predestined according to the purpose of the one who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we, who hoped beforehand in Christ, should be for the praise of his glory, in whom also you, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, when you believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the down payment of our inheritance, until the redemption of the possession, to the praise of his glory. 
Because of this, I also, hearing of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your hearts having been enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty strength, which he has worked in Christ, raising him from the dead, and seating him at his right hand in the heavenly places, above all rule and authority and power and lordship, and every name named, not only in this age, but also in the coming one. And he subjected all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. After reading the letters to the Corinthians and the Galatians, we might start to get the idea that Paul's letters are all addressing problems in the church. But we come to Ephesians, and we see a very different kind of letter. This letter was written when Paul was in prison in Rome, and seems like it was meant to be a letter to multiple churches rather than just to the Christians in Ephesus. In fact, some suggest that it is also basically the same as the letter to Laodicea mentioned in Colossians. If this letter were only to Ephesus, where Paul had spent several years, we would expect to see more in the way of greetings. The book of Ephesians can be divided neatly in half, with the first half being doctrine, or the theory or theology, and the second half being the practical, how that doctrine affects the way we live. The doctrine part is delivered in an almost poetic form, and it is a little hard to tell if we are listening to Paul pray or listening to Paul teach. Paul starts in typical form, saying who the letter is from and who the letter is to. Some earlier copies of the letter that we have today do not have the word Ephesus, which is why it is believed to have been a circular letter. Then, starting in verse 3, Paul launches into a sentence so long I've never heard anyone read it in one breath. Most translations break it into multiple sentences, but the Lexham English Bible that we are reading stays faithful to the Greek sentence and keeps it all as one sentence from verse 3 to verse 14. Paul is praising God for his great plan of salvation that he has worked out thus far and is still working out. God's plan is amazing, and we haven't seen all of it yet. Then Paul reports the prayer that he prays for them, starting with thanks for them. Then he prays that they will understand more of God's great plan. And, of course, when Paul thinks of God's great plan, he has to give at least a few details. One theme that Paul starts into in this chapter is how God is bringing unity in Christ. Unity with God and unity among believers. And now for a deeper dive. Paul's enthusiasm for the gospel is contagious. I hope you catch it. There is a reason why Paul dedicated his life to preaching the gospel. What God has done and is doing is amazing. There are plenty of people who could talk your ear off about whatever they are interested in, from art to engineering and many other subjects. But what God has engineered far exceeds anything we know. And then, to find out that not only can we be amazed at the beauty of what God has done, we can participate in it, that should blow our minds. We cannot fully comprehend it, 
And maybe, for that reason, we don't even try. But we should try. Paul was imprisoned in Rome when he wrote this. But his mind was not imprisoned. His mind was soaring with the eagles, thinking about the amazing work of God. It is worth thinking about. It is worth praying about. When we think about learning how to pray, we often think, rightly, of reading the Psalms. But this is worth praying, too. To praise God for his great plan of the ages. Okay, I'll let you go pray. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012 Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.